Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It is the Robin Lundberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right. Uh, speaking of budgets, I don't know how much you budget for your sports gambling. I would not endorse following me for your picks, but nonetheless, I make NFL picks every week here in the show. And the story this season thus far has been I did okay in the first week of the season. And then I just had two miserable weeks where I uh, tried to be selective in my picks, you know, picking like a handful of games, uh, six, seven games, something like that, seven games. And I had two of the worst weeks I've ever seen, 0-7 and 1-6 back-to-back, which if you do the math on that would put me in a, what's that, 12-game hole? I think I was like one or two games up the week before, but double digits. So I, I figured the only way to fight my way out of it was to just pick every game. And the first week picking every game went pretty well, a couple over 500. Second week was fine. I, you know, I, I, I was below 500, but, you know, right around, hovering around 500. And then last week, bounced back nine and four on the picks, which has put me within striking distance of getting back to 500, just five games away from 500 on the season now going into week seven. So with all that um, nonsense explained to you that you didn't necessarily need to know, um, and without further ado, here are my NFL picks for this week. All right, I'm going to start and go against my instinct. My instinct tells me to take Washington plus eight over the Packers. I just see that number, and my gut told me to take Washington. But then I overrode that uh, with my brain and the philosophy I've been using of late, which is just pick with the good teams, just pick with the good teams, just pick with the good teams. And the Packers look like they're a good team despite what happened in week one. Obviously, Washington is not a good football team. See what I did there? Uh, so I will go with the Packers minus eight over the Washington football team despite what my instincts tell me. I'll take the Patriots minus seven over the New York Jets. The Pats look to be playing better. They're not the kind of team that I love giving seven points just because they're not explosive. And Bill Belichick's played way too conservative this year. He deserves some criticism for that. His his decision-making has been very, very conservative. But they played the, the Cowboys tight. Um, they they won their game against the, the Texans, albeit it was close. They That doesn't really count as a good thing. I'm not really making my own case. Um, and then they had that, that tight contest against the Bucks. I do think the, the Pats are playing a little bit better. They did beat the Jets 25-6 to in their first meeting. It is the Jets. So I will go with the Pats minus 7 over the Jets. I'll take the Cardinals minus 18.5 over the Texans. 18.5 um, is just, it's just crazy to see a number that large against anybody, right? But the Texans are 
a miserable franchise and organization. You know, they there's been some Deshaun Watson trade rumors this week. I don't even know. That's such a weird thing to even discuss because of the situation around Deshaun Watson. I mean, can he even play if he goes somewhere else? I, I, it seems to me that um, that's not really something um, that's feasible, him being traded, to be honest. And it, it might be the Texans trying to get that out there um, or something to that ilk, but they just got smoked by the Colts 31-3. to They lost to the Bills 40 to nothing. They lost to the Panthers 24-9. to uh, since their opening week win against the Jaguars, the Texans have lost every single game. Uh, they had one close one against the Patriots. The rest of them, they've been blown out. The Cardinals look like one of the best teams in football, so I got to go with the Cardinals, minus 18.5 over the Texans. I'll take the Buccaneers, minus 13 over the Bears. Um, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady playing extremely well this year. Uh, it's hard to, to say anything negative about what they've been doing or how he's been playing. The Bears, a team trying to find their way. They've got a lot of issues at the running back position right now between injury and, and COVID. Um, obviously, Fields is in there as a, as a rookie quarterback. Uh, the, if you're a Bears fan, I don't think you're mad about the situation you're in. I, I mean, I think, you know, you want to see Fields play. I, I think um, you want to see the, the team move in that direction. But the Buccaneers are just simply the superior team. They're at home. Tom Brady is playing at an extraordinarily high level, not just for his age, but for anyone. So I will take the Buccaneers minus 13 over the Bears. Take the Kansas City Chiefs minus four and a half over the Titans. The Chiefs are, I think, a little bit underrated now all of a sudden. Where they, you know, they struggled to the point where everybody say, "What's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs?" They lose that game to the Bills. My lock of the week last week would have been them over the Washington Football Team, and I think my lock of the week might be the Chiefs over the Titans this week. Huge win for Tennessee, obviously. Um, that's why we were talking about Derrick Henry Monday Night Football. They get the win over the Bills. Short week, and now they got Kansas City, who could just really open it up and and put it down the field offensively all the statistics still look good for Kansas City they were very good in that second half um last week I'm taking the Chiefs minus four and a half over the Titans I think that's the pick I feel the best about this week so we'll see how that works out 49ers minus four over the Colts I don't have much faith in Jimmy Garoppolo I believe he's back under center for San Francisco um but I do think the uh you know the 49ers are a solid squad top to bottom i i personally i think would t- turn the reins over to Trey Lance at this point why not they're 2 and 3 off of a bye week the san francisco they lost to arizona by a touchdown lost to seattle by a touchdown lost to green bay by two so they're actually on a three game losing streak i think coming off of the the bye week coming off that losing streak you'll see a pretty good focused effort from them. I'm not, you know, overly impressed by the Indianapolis Colts. So I'll take the 49ers minus four over Indy. Giants plus two and a half over the Panthers. Um, you know, Sam Darnold has come back down to earth. Anthony, how do you uh, how do you feel about 
Sam Darnold as a Jets fan, given where he is. Well, right I now. mean, I never jumped on the uh, you know the crazy train, the hype train, the first three games after people were losing their minds over Sam Darnold. When I mean, they really again, he was good, but he wasn't as good as people were making him out to be. I mean, just look at the difference because ever since he lost Christian McCaffrey, one of the best players in, in the league. I mean, you know, it, it helps when you have McCaffrey touching the ball three times a game. So. Uh, he's been a little different since uh, he's a, and ha- has not had McCaffrey there uh, in the backfield with him. Yeah, you know that's a good point because McCaffrey is such a threat too. To you know, as a checkdown guy, like you, you watch them play, and you could see, you know, you almost get f- eight yards free, basically of pressure and or a, a player having to, to keep track of McCaffrey and and keep watching and keep him corralled, and that option was always there for Darnold. You remove that option. It makes things a little bit more difficult. The Giants have, you know, had a really rough week last week. Before that, they were playing a little bit better. I just don't think the, the Panthers are all that great. Um, obviously, I think, you know, like I said, Sam Darnold has come back down to earth. The Giants are getting points at home. Um, I, I can't say I feel good about it because I don't, but I still take the Giants plus two and a half over the Panthers. Another one I don't feel good about, the Dolphins plus two over the Falcons. The Dolphins, Tua Tungavaloa, back in at quarterback for them. They stink. The Falcons also stink. I guess the Dolphins are just a little bit more desperate for a win this week, given um, you know how they lost their game a week ago. I don't know if that really counts for anything, you know, the bounce-back game after losing to the Jaguars or not, but I will uh, begrudgingly take the Miami Dolphins over the Atlanta Falcons, plus two. I'll take the Rams, minus 16, over the Lions. This is like the Texans thing. The Lions are just so bad. I just, No matter what the spread is, I'm picking against them. The uh, Texans are so bad. No matter what the spread is, I'm picking against them. Uh, the Rams are obviously a very good team, hence the spread, just like it was with the, the Texans and the Cardinals game. Anytime it you're getting into that number where you're dealing with 18 and a half with the Cardinals and, and the Texans, and you're dealing with 16 with the Rams and the Lions. That's just a, a big, big number. It's it's hard to feel great about picking any team to cover it, but I got to go with them. I'll go with the Rams minus 16 over the Lions. I'll take the Eagles plus two and a half over the Raiders. You know, the Eagles are an interesting team this year. Um, the Raiders obviously have their situation going on with, they're now former head coach. They they rallied fairly well from that. The Eagles are two and four on the season, but they played um, a, a decent game against the Bucks. They beat the Panthers the week before that. Uh, they're they're middling, I would say. Um, nothing special about the Eagles. I don't think they're they're god awful um, or anything like that. So it, I just like them getting the two and a half points against a Raiders team that I also. You know, and not big on. I don't think maybe maybe I'm sleeping on the Raiders because they sit at four and two. Um, but that that Bears loss stuck with me a couple weeks ago. They they barely beat the Dolphins by a field goal. It just feels like that two and a half. I I like the Eagles odds there. And finally, the Saints minus four over the Seahawks. You know, this is a case where we're seeing how important Russell Wilson was towards the Seahawks' success for so many years. You remove Russ from the equation. What do you got with the Seahawks? Um, you got a team 
that looks like they're in a bit of trouble. And right now, um, they are in a bit of trouble. So I'll take the Saints, minus four, over the Seahawks. It's the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Um, and those are my NFL picks for Week 7. We'll get a little bit more in-depth into the week in the NFL coming up in just a, a few minutes. Uh, Jared Dubin, CBS Sports NFL writer, is going to join the show to discuss the week. But right now, we've got Tony in D.C. Tony, you're up on the show. What's going on? Hey, man, I, I would bet on all the picks that you just, that you just read. I, I would just write them down. Man, I just want to talk about people who uh, get influenced by, by the media and these guys, they just don't know how hard it is to be a professional in sports. I mean, like, I watch golf. I've been watching Greg, Norman, Tiger Woods, David Duvall. But I never played golf unless I was at Top Golf. For me to call in and criticize what Tiger's not doing, and I never did. I never was a pro and never could, you know, get on any kind of level to play golf. I mean, it'd be disingenuous. And when people call in and talk about Russell Westbrook, what he ain't doing. Russell Westbrook is their first ballot Hall of Fame. Dwight Howard is their first ballot Hall of Fame. I have never heard nobody, no professional players in sports say anything negative about Russell Westbrook or Dwight Howard. No players playing today. The hardest thing is for you to do playing basketball is run up and down the court. And all these guys that sit on these talk shows, not you. you you one of the best. Could not run up and down the court four times. Forget about shooting the ball. So when you call in and you try to criticize what Russell Westbrook that don't know, sometimes it's just the coaching and it just don't fit. I think I'm a Laker fan. I think Frank Vogel is the worst coach offensively and substitutions and rotation-wise in all the sports, and he need to be fired. Uh, it's, whoa. <laughs> so you're firing him already. Yeah, he, 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 Frank Vogel is terrible. Everybody who left under his ring is much better off. Look at the Lakers that they traded. They are much better off. Montrez Hurl, I mean, he had a problem with Montrez Hurl. He wouldn't say Montrez Hurl, but he's having a double-double now. It's terrible. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think Montrezl Harrell makes. A, I mean, look, and Frank Vogel did win a title with the Lakers. I, I, I think he's uh, made some mistakes with the rotation early in the season. There's just no business. DeAndre Jordan should not be playing. Anthony Davis needs to be the center. That's the only way to alleviate, I think, some of their issues in the short term, as well as getting uh, uh, Talon Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn back from injury, because those are probably you know some of their more talented players. Uh, but I otherwise. I don't think it's a coaching problem as much as it is a personnel problem. But yes, he he's got to be. You know, they got to make some moves there. They got to tweak that roster some, or or they will be um, in trouble. I think they already are in trouble. And and I don't know if the coach is necessarily the fix as much as what the coach is working with. Uh, I think that's made it difficult. Eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two four two two seven at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Explore whether Derrick Henry has an actual MVP case a little bit more coming up, as well as getting you set for the rest of Week 7 in the NFL. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. 
Welcome in now, Jared Dubin, CBS Sports NFL writer. Before we get to the NFL, though, Jared, uh, I, you know, I used to see you mostly at Knicks games. So how does it feel to see a Knicks team that I, I think now is, you know, I'm no longer waiting for them to turn into a pumpkin. I, I think they're legitimately a solid squad. It's like I don't know what to do with my hands at this point. Like, it's, it's a very strange feeling. It's, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday. This is the first time in, you know, eight, nine years that we're coming into a season where they're not expected to be like a complete train wreck. It, it feels really, really strange. But, you know, as someone who obviously grew up with the 90s Knicks, and they were sort of the reason that I fell in love with sports in the first place, it does feel nice. All right, now let's shift gears to the uh, the NFL. Obviously, you're you're writing about the NFL for CBS Sports. Um, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. This is interesting to me because Derrick Henry, I, I think, has worked his way into the MVP conversation, which shouldn't happen because he's a running back. And then for me, a running back like him shouldn't even be the running back that's in the conversation because I, you know, tend to think the guys who are like more Swiss Army knives are more valuable. But yet he's just built different. He, he continues to dominate. Um, however, do you think he has a legit case for MVP considering how valuable quarterbacks are relative to, to other positions? Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. It's just quarterbacks are so much more valuable than anything a running back can do. I mean, you saw even in week one when, you know, their offensive line was just getting trucked by Arizona, Henry got essentially taken out of the game. You know, they've done a better job over the last few weeks with their offensive line and with keeping him involved, even when they've gone down, but quarterbacks just affect so many more plays than running backs do. It's really, really, really hard for, for a running back, even one as good as Henry who makes as, as little sense as Henry does on every level. It's just so hard for him to be more valuable than the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league, is that now to me, there's how it group me. It's Mahomes. Uh, Brady Rogers, um, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Not necessarily in that order, but those guys to me are all on a different tier than everybody else. Yeah, I think that sounds right. That's the, the group I would have. And then Russell Wilson when he's playing. Obviously sure, sure. he's hurt right now. Uh, but it's those, you know, seven, eight guys. I think Matthew Stafford is playing really well. Um, I'm not sure that he necessarily – is is carrying the team in the same way that those other guys are. But, you know, if he keeps doing this the rest of the year, I think he sort of forces his way into that conversation too. Uh, of, all, of those guys, which one would you actually say is the MVP right now then, assuming, like, you, you would give it to a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Lamar at the moment. Mm. He's just been so outrageous. Like, I believe he's averaging the most yards per pass and the most yards per rush in the league, which is just outrageous. And, like, anybody that was trying to tell you Lamar can't win for the, from the pocket or anything like that, like, go watch that game against the Colts. I believe he was 29 of 31 for, like, 400-something yards in the second half. From the, at just, uh, that's just on throws from the pocket. The dude has been, like, absolutely outrageous, and I, I just think he's been the best player so far. I agree with you. I, I would vote for Lamar Jackson as well. Robin Lundberg talking to Jared Dubin, a CBS Sports NFL writer here on the Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. Now, when you you move toward um the guy who was occupying that best quarterback spot, the Patrick Mahomes, and and I think, you know, because he was hyped up so much from guys like me, there's a little bit of a natural backlash to that that probably goes too far in the other direction. When I look at the games this week, it, it was the same thing for me last week. I looked at Kansas City and, and Washington, and and I really, really, really liked Kansas City 
in that game. And I look at Kansas City and the Titans, and I kind of really, really like Kansas City in this one with with the Titans coming off of the short week, the way that Kansas City played in the second half against Washington, and the trends that, that remain true offensively. You know, Mahomes has thrown some picks, but a lot of them have been tips and, and the like. Um, are, are you in line with, with me there that I, I, could, I could see Kansas City winning that game big? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they're still averaging over three points per drive by far the highest mark in the league, despite the fact that they're turning the ball over more than any team in the league, more than 20% of their drives. Like, it's outrageous how good their offense has been. And just if they could stop turning the ball over, it would be the kind of stuff that we haven't really seen before. And I I don't think that this Tennessee defense is really in position – to force turnovers based on what we've seen from them so far this year. You know, they got a pass turnover uh, on Monday night against Buffalo. Um, I don't know how necessarily sustainable that is. It wasn't like it was a tip pass really under pressure. It just kind of got deflected at the line of scrimmage and it bounced over the running back and, and into, I can't remember which defensive back it was. I think it might have been Kevin Byard dropped into his hands. Um, I don't necessarily see that happening again. Like, they don't have really a good pass rush. They don't have a good secondary. And all their cornerbacks are hurt at the moment. Like, I think it's set up really well for the Chiefs to, to finally play a clean game and really go off offensively, which they've done pretty much every week except that game against Buffalo. How about uh, the, the situation in San Francisco at quarterback? Garoppolo's coming back. Uh, you know, Lance is uh, dealing with an injury, so it's, it's not really um... – as much a decision right now, but but going forward, would you make the switch to to Trey Lance, or would you keep Jimmy Garoppolo under center? I would add Trey Lance starting in week one. Uh, I just think you need as much information as you can get about quarterbacks before you have to make the decision of whether or not you're going to pay them three or four years into their career, and you're just not getting information when that guy is sitting on the bench. So for me, uh, he would already be in the lineup if he was healthy. I was really disappointed in the plan that they came out with in his one start a couple weeks ago. It was basically like they were running last year's Patriots offense. They were just not really putting him in position to succeed. None of the runs that they designed for him were really using his athleticism. They were using him basically as like a Cam Newton style battering ram on like QB power and runs right up the middle, which is just not really what you want to do with a guy that's that athletic and that fast. Um, and the, their entire pass game was, like, not the Kyle Shanahan pass game that we're used to. It was all, like, straight dropback stuff, but from shotgun. We didn't see anything under center, none of the bootleg outside zone kind of stuff that is, you know, him scheming guys into easy throws. It was a really, really disappointing game plan from them, and you, you figured when they w- went and traded up and took Trey Lance at number three, that they had some sort of, you know, really inventive plan of being able to combine those kind of offenses with what Shanahan does with all of the, you know, spread option kind of things. And that was just not the case in the first game that they had him under center. And if if that doesn't change, I feel much worse about that pick than than I did when they made it, which was like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. Like we've got a guy who's a great offensive tactician taking a player who's more talented than anyone that he's had in the past and just it was it was again really disappointing for me to see in that in that game a couple weeks ago 
What about the the situation with Tua Tungavaloa in, in Miami? Uh, you know, Flores has come out and said he supports him with this trade rumor stuff going. I I don't understand the Deshaun Watson trade talk really, just because of Deshaun Watson's situation. I mean, obviously, I would understand it if that didn't exist, but it just seems to me like whenever that comes up, people start talking about that as if you know Watson's going to be playing. So, uh, obviously, it's it's um it. it tells you where the thinking is, maybe not necessarily just from the Dolphins, but from the, the general public on Tua. But what do you make of, of his future in Miami? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we've seen enough, like I said, to make a decision. Like I was saying with Lance, like you want to get as much information as possible about these guys. What does Tua made, like 10, 12 starts at this point? Like what do we really know about him? They've not necessarily put him in position to succeed, you know, their offensive line has been a disaster. The things that they've tried to make their receiving core better haven't necessarily worked. He's now had, because they have two offensive coordinators this year, he's had three offensive coordinators in two years. Um, I don't know that we can really judge anything that we've seen from him so far. So it's like, it's really difficult to know what to think, but the idea that they're, even interested in another quarterback obviously tells you something. The fact that they're interested in Watson seems, I don't know, kind of gross to me at this point, considering everything that's going on with him off the field. I don't know how you even consider trading for someone like that unless and until he's cleared of all those allegations. Like I wouldn't want someone like that in a trade. Like, it goes beyond, it goes beyond like it's twofold, right? It's one, you know, what you, determine your, uh, about the allegations and, and obviously uh, the, the, the nature of them and say, okay, do we want this, uh, you know, associated with us at all? And then two, the fact that if you're just looking at it from the, the pure football standpoint of it, is he going to be able to be on the field because of the allegations? So I just don't understand where the, the Sean Watson trade stuff even comes from. Yeah, me neither. And, and look, it's, you get people when you talk about this, like say, oh, well, isn't it innocent until proven guilty? Like, yeah, in, in court, not in football. Like, you, you get that it's not, <laughs> it's not the same, you know? And, and if he was, you know, if, uh, if there was a, a great relief, I think, from either the league or the team that that stuff didn't, didn't take place, he might be on the field right now. Obviously, he had issues with the Texans beforehand, so I'm sure that exacerbated everything. But the fact that he's not playing for the Texans – I guess would tell you something too, but I don't know. What do we know? Jared, uh, appreciate your time and your insight this morning. Enjoy the week of games. Thanks for having me. You too. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg show. And like I said, I'll get to everything I have not gotten to. You can get to everything I have gotten to that way. First though, let me get to Dan in St. Louis. Dan, you're on the Robin Lundberg show here on CBS sports radio. Morning, Robin. Um, I think if you keep the Usos out of the ring and interfering in his matches, Roman Reigns might not still be the champion. There are other people that can do it. And secondly, the one person that I don't think you're ever going to hear his name mentioned when it comes to the Astros is Jeff Lunau. He built that team, but yet won't ever get any credit for it. Well, yeah, I mean, some of the management people had to be the fall guys when the players didn't get blamed, and I appreciate the call. As far as the Usos, I mean, that's just part of being a heel in wrestling, right? I mean, they're going to come in. And yeah, you got you got to <laughs> cheat to win if you're a heel. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're, it's not quite as like um, 
results oriented as other sports. Uh, tra Travis in Wisconsin. Travis, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Robin. How are we doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, uh, talking about Derrick Henry, I just think if you take him off that roster, they're still sitting around that four and two, three and three mark. But if you took uh, you know Rodgers or Brady out and had Jordan Love or Kyle Trask starting, you may flip their complete uh, standings right now from you know six and one or five and two to to the opposite, which you know takes him out of the the MVP conversation in my opinion. Now he might win uh, most best offensive player or most outstanding offensive player, but not the MVP. Um, two. Roman Reigns is the greatest character in wrestling right now, but not the best wrestler. He's not even the best wrestler on the roster. Um, that's my thoughts on that. And then I just want to know what well, your you mean best are. like technical wrestler because I mean, he's he's also good. I mean, it's not like Roman Reigns is a scrub. That match against Brock Lesnar was actually pretty good. It was well told. You know, he had some good spots in it. The one over the top rope, uh, especially. I understand what you're saying. He may not be the number one technical guy, but when you say best wrestler, if you're combining all the things that make a wrestler, he's the best wrestler. You know, Mike's skills, presence, in-ring ability. He's the total uh, package. Yeah, I, I, for sure. And, I, again, I didn't used to be a fan of him. I used to th think he was lame, but it is what it is. All right, time to get to everything I have not as of yet in another one. Anthony, what is up first? Uh, let's start off with the Milwaukee Bucks receiving their championship rings Tuesday night. So the ring contains some unique features such as its removable top that can be worn as a pendant and a QR code that can be scanned to summon a video featuring memorable moments from their playoff run. So what do you think? Cool or over the top? I think it's pretty cool. I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you do that with stuff when technology is present? That Bucks logo looks pretty good. On those rings, too. So, I I don't – what would be over the top about it? Do, isn't that the reason you win a championship, right? Like, so you can live forever, so people can relive it, so people can think about where they were when it happened or recapture that moment or the feeling. So, uh, I, I mean, commemorative issues, uh, documentary DVDs or whatever it, it is, they, that, that stuff has always existed. It's just in a, a more technologically advanced way now. And, and I even saw people complain about taking off the top. But I think that's a great idea because you can't wear these rings. I mean, like, even the players admit it. Like, you know, you wear, like, once and then you put it away because they're so big. It's, like, comical. Like, it's ridiculous. It does. It looks stupid. Yeah. So, like, at least, now that you give, at least now you give players the option, like, where you could wear as a pendant. And, you know, like, it, you could wear it more often now, like, certain guys. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me, too. I mean, walking around with that thing on your hand looks kind of dumb, probably, <laughs> given how, like, big and ostentatious it is. And, and it's awkward, too. I mean, like, when my wedding ring, I, I wear my wedding ring, like, to functions and, like, but I don't wear it, like, all the time because I don't even like, like, when I'm on my bike or stuff like that, I don't like, uh, you know, the, the feel or the grip on, on that. So imagine a, uh, uh, a championship ring. I mean, that's taking it, you know tenfold what's next well let's get back to the lakers i we spent a lot of time talking about them but one specific thing that we didn't mention so tim legler of espn this week he said that the lakers should bring westbrook off the bench he believes that a committed russ would walk to a six man of the year award and ultimately provide more value to the team so one uh, would the lakers be better with russ coming off the bench and two uh, do you think russ would even agree to this uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could get him to agree to it. And two, yeah, maybe that would work to a certain extent, but it doesn't fix all the problems. I mean, it, 
this is just, a, again, a poorly constructed roster top to bottom. So you take Russ out of the, the lineup and bring him off the bench. Who is going into the lineup? Is it Rondo at that point? And you're still bringing in another non-shooter in the lineup next to LeBron, uh, where you know LeBron just shouldn't be close to or the best shooter on a team uh, on a regular basis. So I, I, I just don't like the, the makeup of the Lakers team. It's not all about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's going to catch the most heat because he's the big name that came in outside of LeBron and AD. But this is a LeBron and AD team that got worse on the, the roster around them. And it was never great to begin with when KCP and Alex Caruso, I think, were your next most dependable guys during the last couple of years. But those guys are gone. And the guys they've been replaced with, I don't think, are any better. And hence the problem that the Lakers are currently dealing with. What's next? Let's get to your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Damn those 76ers. I thought the Nets were going to be 0-2 after last night. <laughs> you were waiting. Oh. Yeah, how, many, how many Knicks fans were waiting for the, you know, like they had the, their fingers hovering over the button. 2-0 to 0-2. 2-0 to 0-2. They were ready. <laughs> Taking screenshots. Of the You're US laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> uh, so James Harden and the Nets, they did not agree on a contract extension by Monday's deadline, which means that the superstar guard is set to enter unrestricted free agency next summer. However, James says uh, he isn't leaving. Harden said the contract, the money is going to be there. I'm not planning on leaving the organization and the situation that we have. He said this after the uh, opening night loss to Milwaukee. So my focus, honestly, is just focus on the season and then winning the championship. The contract and all that stuff will work itself out. But my focus is going to be locked in on this season. How confident are you that Harden will stay in Brooklyn? Uh, Close to 100%. I mean, I I don't... I think he stands to make $60 million more by waiting till this summer versus having signed it uh, this offseason. So I think most of us would do the same. I mean, you, you do run the, the risk of injury, I suppose. But beyond the injury, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, $60 million. Uh, Harden still has Kevin Durant he gets to play with. He's been welcomed by the fan base. It's, uh, you know changed his career narrative a little bit in the sense of you know, nobody's talking about the way he got out of Houston anymore. He seems to be um, pa- have been painted in a good light since becoming a member of the Brooklyn Nets. I, I see stories calling him a leader and all that sort of stuff. The Kyrie situation was tough, probably for everybody involved. Um, Harden's going to have to step up in light of the Kyrie situation because they lose a superstar shot creator, and Harden's going to have to get back to scoring some. He hasn't looked great so far this season. He looks a little overweight to me. I don't even mean that as a shot. That could be because his um, hamstring injury you know, didn't allow him to train fully, and it is a long season, so guys can work themselves into shape. But as far as re-signing with the team, I'd be borderline shocked if he didn't. I wouldn't say um, you know, it'd be the most surprising thing that ever happened in life, because you never know. But I, I think it's a very, very strong bet that James Harden is a Brooklyn Net for the remainder of his career, or at least the remainder of the prime of his career. What's next? So West Virginia head basketball coach Bob Huggins suggested Wednesday at Big 12 Media Day that college basketball's major conferences should split from the other schools and create their own postseason tournament. They're doing it in football, Huggins said. Why wouldn't they do it? The presidents and athletic directors that have all the juice, why wouldn't they do it? Makes no sense why they wouldn't do it. 
I think it's more why wouldn't they than why would they, and then the other people, they can have their own tournament. Those Cinderella schools are putting 200 people at best in their gym, Huggins said. We're putting 14,000. Huggins said controlling the postseason tournament is a way for basketball to remain financially relevant in the future as college ba- uh, college football's influence and footprint continue to grow. He said college basketball revenue on many campuses goes towards supporting football, while the NCAA makes the bulk of its money off its basketball tournament. So should major conferences create their own college basketball postseason event and ditch the NCAA tournament. Well, I mean, everything he just said there makes no sense if you're saying the NCAA tournament is... Look, college sports are are facing a reckoning in general at some point, you know, and how things are done. But the thing that works the best in college sports, at least from a drawing interest standpoint, is the NCAA tournament. So until the entire system is overhauled, I, I just don't see why... That makes. I mean, I guess what he's saying is you create your own NCAA tournament, but uh, you already have the legwork done. You already have the built-in audience, the the built-in brand, everything like that. So I just see no reason why that would be changed. I I, I, I don't really get it. Um, and I think the NCAA tournament is going to stick around as long as um, college basketball, college sports remain the way we know them now. What's next? And finally, we got a juicy rumor this week that uh, Marvel is developing a World War Hulk standalone film uh, with production slated to begin sometime in late 2022. Reportedly, the film will take place after the events of the She-Hulk Disney Plus series, which uh, Mark Ruffalo will be in. Uh, So are you down for a standalone Hulk film? Hell yes. World War Hulk is awesome. I love that comic it series. It is. I, I just read it with my uh, my kids not that long ago. You, let, uh, uh, so we, you read uh, the Planet Hulk and then uh, the World War Hulk? I only read the World War Hulk. With okay. the, I have read Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. I prefer World War Hulk to Planet I mean, I get why Planet Hulk lays the seeds to World War Hulk. But yeah, World yeah. War Hulk is just awesome. Hulk against all the Marvel heroes, you know, in Madison Square Garden as a gladiator type sport. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, I... I Hell yes is what I would say <laughs> to a World War Hulk movie. I mean, that's about as excited as I could be for something that they haven't launched. Very exciting. Yet. Although, again, it's just a rumor. And unless like something, because the last time I checked, Universal still has the distribution rights to the Hulk. So I, I do not see Disney going along with this idea of them creating the movie. They're not going to let that Universal distribute and you know, wreak all the benefits financially. They got to do something like they did with Sony, right? I mean, they figured it out with Sony. I'm sure they could maybe figure it out with Universal, but the fans would want World War Hulk. Who wouldn't want World War Hulk? Appreciate all of y'all fans uh, listening to me here today. I'll be back with you next Saturday from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time here on the Robert Ludberg Show. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy the college football today. Enjoy the NFL football tomorrow. Enjoy whatever it is that you enjoy that doesn't have to do with sports. You're allowed to enjoy things that have nothing to do with sports as well. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. It has been Robin Lundberg here with you, uh, and you're going to get some betting advice coming up next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 